Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rachel Unpacked podcast. I am your host, Rachel Medina. You can follow me on social media at Rachel Medina 101, or you can follow the show at Rachel Unpacked on Instagram. Don't forget to head on over if you're on Facebook to our private Facebook group called RM 101 slash CEO um, and keep an eye out for some of those CEO announcements. If you are a female, an entrepreneur, um, someone who's looking to really get ahead with some side hustles, um, crypto trading, all the fun stuff in girl talk version, um, all pretty in pink, (laughs) you're going to want to head on over to that group or also head to rachelmedina.com. That's rachelmedina.com and poke around and you will see where you can enter your email address and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, let's get into this episode. I am dedicating this episode to the blame game. And what I find is that so often when we're going through difficult situations in our lives, it's so easy to blame others for our current situation. I'm guilty of it. I I used to really do that when I was younger. You do the work, you do a lot of self-discovery and self-reflection and you realize, gosh, the world I live in today, everything I have or don't have is a result of my decisions, my words, my thinking, my mindset, actions, lack of actions. Basically, all roads and fingers point to me, right? as far as what my life looks like today. I then have learned to obviously look up to God (laughs) to pray and to say, God, I can't do this by myself. I need your help. Or I keep repeating these horrible patterns. I need your help to break the cycle. So I wanted to really bring this up as a topic. If you are in, for example, a challenging relationship and you're hitting a wall, it is so important and I highly recommend that you do this really look at your role in that conflict, okay? And even though it might be so obvious that it's the other person's fault, really take a second to step back, reflect, and ask yourself, what is my participation in this conflict? How did I contribute to this? And by doing that once when things arise, and then twice, and then three times, and then eventually every time your life shows you something that is uncomfortable to you that you would rather not have happen to you, you can then learn almost like muscle memory to then step into that place of reflection to go, how did I contribute to this? And when you get good at that, you will start to turn the ship around. Let me tell you, when you're trying to turn a ship around, think about a huge cruise ship or a huge you know, warship, whatever type of ship, cargo ship, you know, when you're turning that ship around, you are turning like a few degrees only. You are simply making an adjustment of like one degree, let's just say. But over time, the trajectory completely changes, right? It becomes miles and miles of change with one degree of turning the wheel. But it is difficult to turn the wheel. Sometimes you got to use two hands and a foot and all kinds of and all your weight And I'm giving you this analogy because I understand, because I went through it, that it's not easy to get to a point where you're blaming yourself for exactly everything that's going wrong in your life, and you're blaming yourself for what's going right. 
So I have gotten personally to a point where when things are going wrong, I don't necessarily blame the devil. I, I look to see what my participation is in that, what my contribution was, whether it was recently or maybe down the road, a series of de- decisions have led to this um, situation that I'm not comfortable with. But when things are going good or things are going great, I give thanks to God. I understand that all of my accomplishments and all of the good things that are in my life deserve for me to be grateful for them. And I have a whole episode on gratitude that's very powerful for manifestation. If you want to really learn about that, you'll want to check out that episode. Scroll down. I don't know exactly what episode it is, but it's in there. Might even be from season one. Gratitude is huge. So kind of the opposite of gratitude is this whole thing of like blaming yourself. And I don't mean blame yourself in like a super self-defecating way, if that's the way you pronounce it, um, where you're feeling sorry for yourself or like, God, look what I did. I'm such a loser. I don't know why. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about legitimate. You want to level up. You want to truly like amplify your life. You want to learn from your lessons. You want to, you want to, you know, feel the fear and do it anyways. You want to do all the things, right? You want to be a better version of yourself. You want to do the work. If that's the truth, then that's why I'm doing this episode because what it's going to require of you is a lot of things related to mindset. But first and foremost, it's for you to be able to really look at yourself and truly see yourself. And I'm talking about all the messiness of that. When you are able to do that, whoa, your life will change. You will change. Like your perception of others will change. It is you become incredibly clear headed, clear minded. Your vision becomes clear. Your steps become extra clear um, is the best way I know how to describe it. I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. I do a podcast with my really good friend Delia, as many of you know, and it's called the You Deserve Fresh Lettuce Podcast, and it has these funny, awkward TMI conversations and moments about relationships, marriage, divorce, all the fun stuff, so you can head on over there if you want to check that out. It's pretty, it's really fun. Um, it's really turning into something special, too. But I'm bringing that up because we talked about, um, and I don't know if it's aired yet, but we talked recently about, for example, like alimony, Okay. If you are getting a divorce and your husband, um, and I'm talking to ladies obviously right now, and your husband owes you, let's just say a thousand bucks a month, okay? You were awarded a thousand dollars a month, maybe it's child support, maybe it's, you know, alimony, whatever it is. And let's just say you're going about your life and you're trying to adjust as a single mother and he is supposed to pay you a thousand bucks a month. And let's just say he has, maybe he's paid you for a year. Maybe he's paid you three times. I don't know. Maybe he hasn't paid you. But here's the bottom line. If for some reason he misses a payment or he comes into hard times or he just gets involved in another relationship and you're just not a priority, okay, you might go, well, that's some BS. Um, This is not the show for that. (laughs) You can head on over to the You Deserve Fresh Lettuce podcast for that. But I'm using this as an example of how you can shift your mindset around the blaming. You might then say, you know, I can't afford electricity. Now we can't go on vacation. Now I can't buy the kids the backpacks they needed for school. It becomes this like very dramatic blame game. When, if you really wanted to do the growth and you really want to do the work, I'm not saying don't rely on him. I'm not saying don't 
hold the line as far as what he, the court has ordered him to do for his children and stuff. I'm not saying any of that, but what I am saying is you as a woman, you should be trying to figure it out, man. You should be trying to really figure it out. If you love the house you live in and you know it's expensive, then you need to figure out what the solve is. And I've talked about this in other podcasts. You need to sit there and say, hey, it costs $5,500 a month to keep my roof over my head and my children's head, to keep food on the table, to keep my car payment with a nice shiny car, to pay the insurance, to pay the light bill, to pay whatever it may be. Let's just say it's 5,500 bucks a month. We live in Southern California. It's way more than that. But let's just say you're living somewhere and it's $5,000 a month, okay? And that thousand bucks he was paying you obviously helped, you know, especially with the kids and stuff like that. But let's just say he's been paying everything and now he can't do it or doesn't want to do it or whatever. And you're in a situation where you're just pissed off and you're blaming him. You're blaming him for the things that are falling apart. And you're sitting there saying it's because of him that I, I, I can't take the kids now to Cabo. Please hear my voice. Hear me when I say to you. Look at yourself. Ask yourself, what could you have done to prepare for the moment that maybe he wasn't going to continue paying? What could you have done in order to elevate yourself, your income, your earnings, in order to not rely on his thousand, meaning where his payment to you is literally extra for your children, for their clothes, for their college, for what, you know, medical needs or whatever they might have, okay? That's what I really want you to do. And it's really difficult. It's really difficult. It's This is going to really be controversial. It's going to rub people the wrong way. I'm not just speaking in terms of divorce and alimony and child support, none of that. But I'm really using that scenario because that's probably an, a scenario where we use the highest amount of blame. I know I personally did. So I'm not coming to you with this like holier than now is perfect uh, scenario. No, no. I'm bringing this to you because even myself, I was in that situation as a divorcee where my lights were getting turned off and I was blaming him. Okay. I left him, but I was blaming him for not stepping up. So when you really think about that, then you can begin to apply it to other areas of your life. Okay. If you are looking at other people around you and they're accomplishing things that you wish you could accomplish, but you haven't done it, you might sit there and resort to the blame game. You might sit there and say, oh, but you know, look at how I was raised. I was raised in poverty. I grew up in poverty or, you know, my parents were never around. They didn't teach me these things. You know, I went to a really bad school or we didn't have money to send me to a good college. Um, you're going to, you probably have, I'm not saying, maybe it's you, maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone you know, have some sort of story that is really engraved and embedded into your psyche and into your mindset that's telling you all of these BS reasons why you you haven't achieved your goals. Like Jordan Belfort from... The Wolf of Wall Street says, you know, it's the BS story that we're telling ourselves that holds us back. When you learn to to take every instant that you, every instance where you're about to blame someone for your shortcomings and you flip it on its head and go, what could I have done? What should I have done 
differently? How is this my fault? Not in a question of like deflecting, like it's not your fault. Find your fault in those things. And I haven't really heard anybody out there talking about it. Listen, I follow a lot of gurus. A lot of advice I'm giving you is from my personal experience, but obviously lessons I've learned even from other people's successes and other people's failures. I mean, I there's very few original people out there anymore, very few original content creators, but I can tell you there's even fewer people who have listened to others and applied it. And I'm one of those people that have applied these lessons in my life, these lectures in my life. And I, I'm coming back with the goods. I'm coming back to you with the bag to, to open the bag and say, look, look at this, look at this gem right here. This right here is, is a gem. If you can learn to look at life as if you are responsible for what is not working, you're going to win all day long because you're going to really want to try to fix that issue. It's so easy to look at other people's problems, to look at other people's shortcomings and, and faults and to try to fix them and to have the solutions for them and to say, you know, maybe even judge them and to say, you know, they need to do X, Y, Z to get it together. It's not, that's easy to do. What's not easy to do is to, to do that within ourselves, is to hold up the mirror, look in the mirror and to do that within ourselves. That's the part that's not easy. That's the part that's not easy, but that's what I'm asking you to do in this episode. I'm asking you to really look at the areas of your marriage, your business, your friendships, your health, you know, fitness. Really look at those areas of the real, your investments, your savings account, whatever it is, and, and blame yourself. Really make a list of your woulda, shoulda, couldas. Woulda, shoulda, couldas. I tell a story. I used to tell a story to my sales reps a long time ago over the years. And I would say, I go in to try to make a sale. I pitch the person. And oftentimes, once the sales pitch is over, once the meeting is over and I drive away, I instantly have a, a list in my head of, oh, I, of woulda, shoulda, couldas. I, I could have said this. I should have said that. Next time, I would say X, Y, Z. And I would have a notepad in my car and I would drive away with my woulda, shoulda, coulda because that list would then become the reason for me calling them back to follow up. Sometimes we need a reason psychologically to give them a call back after we've been rejected. And so that became my woulda, shoulda, coulda list. I learned to apply that method to my life. And my life is not perfect by any means. Um, but when I sit there and I have a falling out with someone or, you know, someone treats me poorly or something just doesn't work out the way I wanted to or somebody, you know, I invested all of my time and resources into someone to help them to help boost them up and build their dream. And all they do is talk crap about me and turn around and like just use me and then and not pay me. And then I'm sitting there like, where's my money? And they're like, what? You know, I mean, it's just, I've been through it all. Like I've been through so many things, even with people that I really admired and, and trusted. And I could sit there and blame them. I could sit there and be like, oh my God, they wasted a year or two of my life. Like, oh my God, like now we're in litigation. I could sit there and blame, you know, someone Tom blue in the face. But at the end of the day, when I look and go, shoulda, woulda, coulda, what, where's my list of shoulda, woulda, coulda? I will instantly realize that the red the red flags were there. They were there before I signed on to do that business with them with them. They were there when I was interviewing with them or they were there when we were building, you know, this and that or the other 
with relationships. They were there. The signs were there when we were dating. But, you know, you get these rose-colored glasses on in relationships and you start to make excuses for their shortcomings. And those are the things that bite you in the ass later, right? Same thing in business. You know, you you get someone who's very prominent and very admired, let's just say, who says, hey, you know, if you go in on this partnership, I'll invest. I will be a silent partner and I'll invest. And because you admire them and because they have notoriety or whatever, you say, gosh, you know, I'd, who am I? I'd be just an idiot not to do this deal. Even though in your heart of hearts, you pray on it and everything, and you know that the other people involved are just not going to pull their weight. You know that the other people involved are just not the most credible but you look the other way because of the few that maybe are, and you look the other way because you say, well, that's okay. They wouldn't do that to me. You'll, you're going to be able to really learn how to do this woulda, coulda, shoulda blame game thing, is like I like to call it, in your life, in all areas of your life. And ladies, if you're, if you're really understanding what I'm saying, look at your relationships, look at your friendships. That girl that you had a falling out with, you knew there was a point in time where she showed you who she really was and you chose to believe she would not be that to you. You chose to believe she wouldn't do that to you. People will show you who they truly are. For the most part, people are fairly consistent in that area. You might be friends with someone a year and not notice it, but that nobody can fake it for two years. Nobody can fake it for three years. You will see the signs. And when you see the signs, um, you got to be quick to just go the other way. You have to be quick to see the warnings and shift the wheel of that ship and start turning the ship in the other direction because it's going to happen one degree at a time. It doesn't have to be a drastic cutting off of the, the head, as they say, to cut the snake's head off. You know, but at the end of the day, people will, they will reveal, reveal to you who they are. And you got to learn that some people are meant to be loved at a distance. Some friends are meant to be, you know, just coffee, you know, coffee friendships and, you know, maybe lunch here and there. And others are ones that you can go and cry to them and really vent to them. And those should be few and far between, right? Um, but once they've, you know, you've vetted them, once they've kind of been in your life a while and you've done the shoulda, woulda, coulda test to determine, you know, if this is a solid person. But what I'm trying to get at is if we blame ourselves. So if you look at your finances, let's look at your finances. Look at your bank account. Ask yourself, okay, I, it doesn't matter how old you are. You really need to ask yourself, what could I have done differently to have, you know, $100,000 in the bank by now? What could I have done differently to have a million dollars in the bank by now? Like, for instance, if you don't own a home, what could I have done differently to own a home? Maybe your financial strategy is not to own a home. There's a lot of really high, well, you know, high, high um, level people and wealthy people that don't believe in home ownership, right? And so it depends on where you're at. But what I'm trying to get at is anything that you have decided you desire that you do not have is a result, is a reflection of your decision making, not your circumstance, and I think that once you can really understand, it doesn't matter where you started. It matters where you're going and where you end up. It doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. And you, everybody listening, everybody on this planet has total control of where they finish. Very, nobody has control of where they start. You're not, you're not in control of who your parents are going to be, unless, you know, you think in a higher spiritual sense of like, well, I chose my parents, Rachel. 
I believe that too, but I'm speaking in the literal sense of like, you were born, you popped out of your mama. <laughs> you popped out of your mama and you were birthed into their decision making, whether it was they were teen parents, they were bad with money, they eat fattening food, they're alcoholics, whatever the situation, they fight all the time, whatever, they're workaholics, you know, whatever that environment is, you didn't choose that, right? You're being raised in an environment that they created that you didn't get to choose, which might be very toxic. And I get that. We all have some level of that story in our lives. Um, some people have really wonderful lives, but still have some area that they can point out and go, ah, yeah, that right there. And so it doesn't matter though. It literally doesn't matter what you've been through. It literally doesn't matter where you come from. It only matters that you begin to learn the lessons that you are being shown often by other people's mistakes, and that you begin to apply those lessons in your life, and that you begin obviously to turn to God for answers and and direction, because we oftentimes turn to our friends and other people that are completely lost. And seeking advice, it's like the from people is like the blind leading the blind, you really have to have divine intervention into your life, period. Um, I'm a strong believer of that. But when it comes to really looking at your situation, and being unhappy about it, you have to take responsibility for it. So if you have a company and the company's not making the money that you would like it to make and you want to sit there and blame yourselves, reps, actually blame yourself because you probably didn't equip yourselves with reps with the tools that they needed to be successful. You might be saying, well, Rachel, I do. I have a CRM and I have phone, you know, a dedicated phone line and I have, you know, data lists and all these kinds of stuff. Well, you might need to then provide better training and um, or a better environment, a healthier environment. Um, there, you know, more incentives. There's all kinds of things missing when you cannot keep your team happy. You can't keep them on board. They don't feel invested. They don't feel connected to the brand, to the business. The buck stops with you. You could take the Netflix approach, um, which I love. You should always, I recommend, go online, read the um, the culture deck for Netflix. Um, maybe I should put a link to it in the show notes. But if you could read that culture deck, you're going to realize um, it's phenomenal. One, first and foremost, if you're a business owner or someone wanting to start a business and bring people on. And two, you one of the things that they do that's really phenomenal is that they pay you to leave. And um, they bring you on because of your talent. It's not time in. It's truly results driven. They want you to utilize your skill to the absolute max, okay, your skill and ability to the absolute highest level. And if the output or the result of that, of your using that skill set does not result in the um, elevation of the company and the brand, um, whether it's there's, you know, there might be KPIs related to revenue or marketing or whatever it may be, SEO, whatever, you know, sales or whatever it may be, whatever that is. Um, if you are not moving um, the wheel in, in this big machine called Netflix, they actually, I think after 90 days or a year or something like that, they, they sit you down and they say, hey, we'll give you it's something like $10,000 to leave. People actually turn it down. And the reason that they do that is because the ones who take the money and run, it really wasn't for them because they actually pay very well to work there. And there's lots of perks, but the pressure is very high. So they say, we're going to give you the perks. We're going to give you the benefits packages. We're going to give you the salary. But the pressure is incredibly high to perform at your highest level. And 
many people tap out. And to them, yeah, they might have paid $10,000. And you might say that's a waste of money. They just lost 10,000. No, they actually saved potentially hundreds of thousands by having somebody do the bare minimum at their company um, in salary, right? So they would be paying that person's salary just for that person to do the bare minimum to just get by, to not get fired. It's genius. If you do that to yourself, to gut check your intentions and your dedication to your own goals, that would be huge. If you did a 90-day gut check of your own goals, like we all have goals, and if you're going by six months, a year, and you have not accomplished your goals, you have not even taken steps towards them, or you've taken little steps in the preparing and the planning, but there's no execution, slap yourself. (laughs) Don't sit there saying and making up excuses. If you're over there having a good time, you know, posting videos and everything on Instagram with this awesome night you're having, which I just had this weekend, by the way, you know, you're going out there and you're like, oh, I'm living my best life. But really, your bank account is super sad and like your rent's due and your, you know, car payments behind, whatever the situation is. Um, Hello. Hello. You need to make the sacrifices. You need to get focused. You have been given a dream. You've been given an idea. You've been given opportunities. And it's up to you to not just focus on the creating them, making them look pretty, getting them organized, but actually executing them and and doing what's called trial by fire. Just go, just do it. And it's not going to be perfect. Forget perfection. I always say this. If you're aiming for perfect, you're, you're just perfection is something we chase the entire time. But you got to get started. I don't want to get too far off track here, talk about turning the ship around. I really want to stay focused on this topic of blaming yourself. So you really have to look at yourself. If your body is flabby, your body is not fit, you're looking at all these Instagram models going, why them? How come not me? I only eat 1,500 calories or 1,200 calories and I go, you know, when I do my 10,000 steps a day, chances are you're not doing what is required, what your body requires. See, everybody's body is different. You can't necessarily go do, if you're 40 something years old, you can't go look at a 20 something year old on Instagram and go, well, I'm doing her workout routine and I'm eating what she eats and I'm not getting anywhere. Your body is not her body. Her body's not your body. So, you know, stop blaming your hormones and stop blaming your, you know, your sedentary job and stop blaming, you know, the fact that you're in a Latino family and you cook with lard. I mean, there's every family has its story. You might even say, well, I have diabetes or There's all kinds of reasons why we can't do it. I know I've told myself the same thing. You got to really just take the blame yourself. Catch yourself as you blame others and blame other things outside of your control. Every time you utter the words, you know, I would, it's just that, you know, no, no, no. Stop yourself right there and go, no, yeah, I definitely got to get back in the gym. Just start switching it. They go, wow, you've gained some weight or, oh. You don't say, oh, you know, like I did because I broke my leg and then I got sick because I really did break my leg and I really did get very, very sick. I had, I had a blood disorder for a long time and I had to finally just wake up and go, okay, well, how do I solve it? It's not just accepting that I broke my leg and now I can't do what I used to do or I have a blood disorder, so now I can't go do this and that or the other. No, it's about going, yeah, I have these things. It's nobody's business, but I have these things. What do I need to do now? What does my body require of me in order to get back to where I was? Instead of saying, well, this is my new normal. 
<sighs> no. And also, you know, again, back to the money. Look at your bank account. Have you made the right investments? Well, Rachel, you know, I don't hang out with rich people like you do. I don't really know. Hey, listen, everybody has access to the same information now with YouTube and Google. I mean, Elon Musk, for crying out loud, started a whole, it works at a whole space company by, you know, Googling, you know, how to build rockets. Like, the thing is, all the information is at our fingertips. It's at our fingertips. And so you can get financial advice from lots of sources. You don't have to just go pay one person to give it to you and get at least an idea, you know, knowing what you don't know. It's like, we don't know what we don't know. But as soon as you realize, oh, I didn't know that, then start building on that. Start informing yourself. Start figuring out how to invest money. Start figuring out that you physically are not the one that's supposed to go work and make money. It's supposed to be the money you make is supposed to make you money. Start flipping things on their head like that. And when you realize that you are in a situation that, oh my gosh, I don't like where I live. I don't like the clothes I wear. I don't like my body. I'm so unhappy in my relationship. I can't get along with my siblings. I can't get along with my family. I can't, you know, I'm, ha I'm you know, whatever the, whatever all the things are, that are not working out the way that you had intended or that you envisioned they should, you gotta look at yourself. 1000% gotta look at yourself. And if you can do that, let me tell you, and you can start to get to work on that, you can go, gosh, you know what? I just made a whole big old drama for nothing. You can sit there and be like, yeah, but Rachel, they said this to me and and it pissed me off. No, that's not their problem. That is not their problem. That is, that is your problem that you got offended. You got to figure out why you're so darn offended. And you got to do the work. And that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Nobody owes you anything. I learned that. I learned that when I got divorced and I felt super alone and I felt super just lost. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, because it was like, the mar it was like literally my dad died, the marriage ended, the there was like the market crash in between there. Then it was like I got sick and then I broke my leg. It was like one thing after another thing after another thing. And at the end of the day, there was a lot of reasons to sit there and resent people and resent my situation and blame others for their attitude towards me. And I learned very quickly, nope, there was more power in how I respond to the BS in my life than the power of the BS in my life. I'm going to repeat that. There is more power in your response to the BS in your life than the power that the BS in your life has over you. Plain and simple. Someone comes at you in a way that makes you unhappy and normally you would get pissed off. You need to just pray for them. You need to say clearly they had a bad day and you need to pray for them. You need to recognize when you are causing drama, when you are, are being toxic, when you're taking a happy-go-lucky situation and just completely smudging it up with your crap. You got to recognize when you're doing it, okay? Somebody didn't wish you a happy birthday because they forgot. You want to go make it a point to go tell them, blah, blah, blah. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. People are human, we can't read into so much stuff. We just can't read into it. And I'll give you one last scenario. I was at a dinner and this amazing woman was there, a friend of a friend. And and she says, you know, it's so odd. I have this, this lady that I really get along with from the gym. And I've been texting her saying, hey, we should have lunch because it was your birthday. And the lady goes, yeah, we should. 
And so then this girl, this girl's, this woman saying, and then so I said, okay, great. You want to go do tomorrow? She said, I can't do tomorrow. Sorry, but thank you. And then she goes, well, how about Saturday? And she's like, I can't do Saturday, but really I appreciate it. And she noticed a pattern. And the pattern was that the woman wouldn't say, she wouldn't respond with when she was available. So what ended up happening once the third time and she realized that she got kind of offended and she took it personally and she said, clearly she doesn't want to hang out with me no more. Clearly she just is brushing me off and she'll, she's telling me this, right? And I'm listening to her and I said, or maybe she's going through something very difficult and the only thing she knows how to do is just kind of be still, like be with her kids or be with her husband or be by herself. Because when people are going through things, um, they don't always want to necessarily be around certain people because it might make them open up about something they're not ready to open up and share with. I know for me personally, when my son passed away, even with my divorce, actually, when I go through very difficult things in my life, I retreat, meaning I don't go and surround myself with a bunch of people. And I especially don't go and sit down and have like dinners with a friend because then they start saying, well, how are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. And that opens the door uh, to very sensitive conversations that, by the way, are very needed. But I wasn't ready to start crying <laughs> about this to someone. And it's such a big burden on me. Why would I want to hand that over to somebody? That's just my view of it. So I shared that perspective with her and she went, oh, you know, you are so right because I guess she's a nice person. They haven't had a falling out. Literally nothing has gone wrong between them. She's just is brushing her off, but there must be a reason. And the reason is really none of her business, right? And so I basically said to her, here's what I would say. I would reply to her, okay, um, it's so awesome that you're this busy during your birthday. Listen, I really want to to say hi to you. I really want to spend time with you or have coffee with you. Whenever you're ready, you let me know. And, I, and I'm good to go type thing. And I go, and then it's in her core. It might be a year later, though, but she says, hey, you want to have coffee? And I, and I set that expectation for her. And she was like, I love this. And she immediately just texted her. It's no hard feelings. You can't take things personal and you can't make up stories in your head about what you think might be going on or rumors that you might think that the person's reacting to. You got to learn to blame yourself. You got to learn to go, am I looking into this too much? Am I reading between the lines too much? Chances are, if you are feeling some kind of way in a friendship or in a relationship, chances are that's the case. And so this episode is dedicated to blaming yourself, really looking at yourself and asking yourself, what are you viewing situations through? Um, what are you reacting to? What are you imagining, assuming is a situation that really isn't? What are you doing or not doing to make your dreams come true? What are you doing or not doing to have a healthier body? All of these things, right? Are you taking too long to execute your plans? Are you spending too much of your money on good times and not on rainy day preparations, right? All of these things. Are you a divorcee receiving alimony who is literally living a life where you're depending on his money instead of making the moves and, and doing the side hustles that I'm going to be teaching you to do so that you can make 
a bunch of your own money and God forbid if something happens to him and he can't pay, you're okay. Your entire world should not be rocked or changed because of something someone else said, did, or didn't do, period. If your life is that shaken by someone else's words, someone else's actions, or someone else's absence, you are to blame. You have set yourself up for that failure. And um, this is a tough love episode, but I wanted to do it as an eye opener. I'm sure that there's books on this stuff that I haven't even come across. Everything I'm sharing with you is based on my own experience of even having to look in the mirror myself on these things from divorce to business issues to relationships and everything. So I have come out on the other side, awakened, so to speak, and I am offering you this gem out of my bag of information. (laughs) It's Rachel Unpacked, right? So picture a suitcase and me opening it up going, here's what I learned, here's what I applied, here's what I'm sharing and handing it to you so that you don't have to wait any longer to turn your ship around. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tag a friend or share the link with a friend and subscribe and everything you do, if you like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, all of it boosts the algorithm so that other women like you can come across this podcast again. Thank you so much for listening and I will chat with you soon. Take care.